Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Let's Hang Out, the podcast that wants you to go where they always know your name. And they're always glad you're gay. Amazing. You're I welcome. love it. From the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. And from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the last this week in the Lesdom is somewhere we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. The first thing that I want to talk about is our Clexicon show, which is coming up this Friday at Clexicon, and we are so excited to announce our guests, who are Amber Frickin' Benson of Buffy Fame, who will be talking about the sexual tension between Buffy and Faith, because what else would Amber Benson talk about on a Les Hangout should have been gay? And Kia Barnes, who is an amazing comedian, and she will also be doing the Ships and Giggles show at Clexicon. So we're so excited to have them both there. If you're going to be at Clexicon, you can hear that at 4.15 on Friday. So make sure you keep that slot free on your schedule. And if you're not going to be at Clexicon, don't worry. We will have that show available as a recording to release later. So you will get to hear it don't worry, and we are so excited for everyone to be there and hear it after the fact. We are also doing our next Les Essentials watch party for none other than The Favorite, which we are whew, so excited about. We're going to be doing it live at Clexicon in one of our hotel rooms, so hopefully we'll have some of you actually join us in person. We'll also be streaming it on Rabbit like we usually do, so if you can't make it, you can still do it virtually online. Um, if you want to join that, you have to join our Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. It's one of our favorite Patreon perks. We love watching all of these lesbian movies with you all, and we hope more of you will join us. In terms of the greater Les universe, the Barbell series premieres this Wednesday. First three episodes dropping on Kinda TV. I got to go to the season two premiere in Toronto this past weekend. It was so much fun. I finally got to meet Karen and Gwen in person. So cool and so many of you. Um, I met so many of our listeners, which was really, really cool um, and, and just so exciting that people know who we are. <laughs> Um, and have enjoyed the podcast. So I want to say thank you to all of the listeners that I met there, especially a big shout out to Kayla Kelly, who's one of our favorite patrons, and I finally got to meet her in person as well. That's This Week in the Lesdom. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so, so excited to bring you episode 16 of season two, Raising the Bar with the Weekend Soiree. That's right. We're here with Mary Fuller. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. I'm going to give you a quick rundown on Mary. Mary lives in Detroit, where she currently works as a licensing executive for Microsoft, and she's also the co-founder of The Weekend Soiree, and she's here today to talk about what you can expect at this year's Bedlam in the Big Easy event. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. We are, we so, are so pumped excited. to have you here. And one thing that I want to make sure everyone knows is that you can expect Lee and I at this year's Bedlam in the Big Easy yes. as well. <laughs> so we are beyond excited. Yeah, we are so and excited to have you to guys. Have you here. We've been um, fans of your show for about the past year. So yeah, we're really excited to have you guys. We went to see the live show in Brooklyn too. So you guys will be a welcome addition to our lineup and we're really pumped. Yes, we are so excited. For people who aren't familiar with it, can you give us a little quick rundown intro of what the Weekend Soiree is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Weekend Soiree is a four-day destination retreat for queer women, and that includes non-binary folks. So 
essentially my business partner and I, who couldn't be here today, unfortunately, but um, Imani Grant, who goes by Grant, uh, we went to business school together and we found ourselves really staying in touch by going to different events throughout the country after we graduated. And they most often were two different types of events. So either professional conferences or like big party weekends, which were awesome. But um, kind of there, there was something missing from each. So when we were at the conferences, there were never any like nighttime activities scheduled or um, social events uh, to kind of capture all the folks that were in town specifically for that conference and really had a bunch in common. On the flip side, if we were at those party weekends, uh, there was really nothing scheduled during the day. So we'd wake up and be like, awesome, party at 10, can't wait for the club, but what do we do for the next 12 hours? And we found ourselves scheduling different activities with our other friends that had also traveled to that city for that party weekend. So uh, one time when we were riding back, we were like, what if we just created a single event that combined the two? So the weekend is packed with over 50 different types of events, workouts, workshops, panels, comedy shows, nighttime activities. It's really, you can find something you like no matter who you are at the weekend floor. It's like the mullet of retreats. It's like, this is a prep <laughs> to get nice. Totally. Did you come prepped with that, Lee? That was amazing. I didn't. I'm just that funny. I'm just that good. It is exactly like that. It's a mullet. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm a music festival type person. Like I love going to music festivals and I get a little bit of a Bonnaroo vibe from the weekend soiree yeah. in, in the way that, yes, you're there to experience music and have fun. And of course, like you're partying at Bonnaroo. But there's also this this piece of it that's very community built. Yeah, exactly. And like that, I definitely get that vibe just from seeing all of the events that you have, like even like the workouts and stuff like this. Like when I, when I went to Bonnaroo, there was we did they were there was yoga in the morning exactly. you know and then big frida taught us how to twerk yes so we're gonna we're gonna have a bounce class this year at our upcoming event it's gonna be awesome yoga in the morning uh workouts provided by Carter the body she did like a morning build your booty and your body kind of workout oh thing God. in the morning and then you go right into breakfast and then the session starts so it's totally that type of vibe yeah. And uh, it's nonstop. So you really, I mean, and it's cool to see there are people that like, you know, met people they dated there or people that became friends. And it's really for that. So it's meant to be able to build community. But it's a lot jam-packed in one weekend. So by Sunday, you're tapped out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lee was talking earlier. She's like, uh, three party nights in a row. I don't know if yeah. I'm not cut that, out for but... that anymore. I don't leave my yeah. house. Exactly. Come but on. we, we build it specifically too, so that you can opt out of those like bigger party nights. So we have like little mixers in the middle so that if you want to kind of mingle and meet people and network, but you don't necessarily want to go to the nighttime thing, you don't have to. So it's built for those types. Cause I'm not a nighttime person either. Although I did cut up at this last one and I likely will again. I'll reserve it for one night. I can't do three in a row either. <laughs> We're going to dive back into the weekend soiree a little bit more later on in the episode. But for now, what we want to do is we want to start out just talking a little bit about, I think, sort of the underlying reason behind the weekend soiree, which is having uh, queer spaces. I mean, obviously, you know, I think there's this whole idea of saying, like, let's do cool workshoppy daytime stuff and cool, fun evening party stuff. But there's a specific decision to have that be a space for queer folk. So why are queer spaces so important? What's the the motivation to have something like that for the weekend soiree and for other places? Yeah, so that was definitely a driving factor in our decision to create something like this. You know, throughout the country, you see the disappearance of queer spaces, uh, especially women's spaces at a faster rate than men's. And, um, Part of that is due to progress because, you know, obviously with becoming more accepting of queer folks, um, you see straight spots really getting integrated. So mm. gay people feeling totally comfortable to either go out to dinner here or grab drinks here. And so some people are like, hey, it's actually a good sign that we don't need those. But on the flip side, when you don't have people frequenting or supporting those queer spaces, they, you know, they can't pay their bills and then, you know, they're not right. able to sustain themselves. So we were like, all right, how do we kind of combat this? Because we do want to hold those spaces sacred and really make sure that they stay alive, even though the world is becoming more connected and people are traveling everywhere. Being queer, being gay is less taboo 
Um, the way that we thought we could do it is by kind of creating a virtual community that could sustain itself and kind of grow. So we won't get into this now, but long term, we hope that there are different chapters that spring up and like host uh, similar types of events or weekend soiree branded events. But that's kind of our answer to that problem. Yeah. Are there queer spaces that you're thinking of in particular that like have closed that you used to go to, wish were still around? Yeah, definitely. So I'm originally from the East Coast, from Massachusetts. But when I graduated from college, I moved to New York with most of my friends in Brooklyn specifically. So there are so many cool spots actually in Brooklyn that don't exist anymore. If I think about all the spots we used to go to on a regular basis, like Caddyshack, for example, it was like a two or three level club and park slope. So it was really accessible to everyone. Um, a lot of times you'll see hey, the newest queer spots kind of open up and like you know, kind of sketchy or dangerous types of neighborhoods where people can afford to rent or things like that. This was like prime spot where everyone could get to. So it wasn't hard for people from every borough to travel to. So it was really fun, really accessible and really open to everybody. Great music, great folks. So stuff like that, those types of spaces that didn't exist anymore. And then you started seeing people rotate into like the biweekly parties and then the monthly parties. And now even though they're hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever go to the Dalloway? Yes, I did. I was obsessed with the Dalloway in college. Like we, I would run from one end of Manhattan to the other to get to the yes. Dalloway. Like it was my favorite space, and it didn't it didn't last exactly. very long at all. I think it was two years max. Yeah, two or yeah, I think about two years. You're right. Cubby Hole still exists, which isn't the same, but similar. But uh, yeah, so shout yeah. out to like. Henrietta Hudson, which still exists as well, but they're really the two spots in the city that are holding it down. Well, I read this article on Out.com about how some lesbian bars are surviving and thriving in 2019, and Henrietta Hudson and Ginger's, which is a bar in Brooklyn, yeah, were two that were specifically named. I think it's really interesting that New York is a hub for so many lesbian bars, but I think it's also just the fact that there's more people. Yeah, agree. So I, but even then, when you think about all the ones that existed in like the mid two thousand, like the early two thousands, um, up until about two thousand ten, twelve. I mean, New York. That's even you know that's a great point right there in terms of the disappearance of those spaces. Like now, New York is considered a hub because they have those like three or four spots. There's one spot in Queens too that is mainly for um, Latina women which is awesome that that still exists as well. But yeah, like New York is heralded as being like awesome because it has those four, whereas in, back in the day it had 20. Yeah, that is actually really mm. crazy. But it leaves you with all these places that are not in a major city, which is actually where I think queer women need more public spaces because it's probably harder for them to find other queer women. And those are the places that I think really struggle to get a foothold. Exactly. Here in Detroit, for example, it can be extremely difficult. I live in Detroit now. It can be difficult to kind of meet other queer women because there's no, especially not um, like a women's bar in Detroit. There's one that kind of opened up recently, but even they aren't open all the time and they have interesting hours. And there's only like one night that's like a monthly night that's actually in the suburbs, not in the city proper. So people say they're opening bars and yeah. sometimes they open and last only for a few months. And that's another problem, right? Like, so lesbians, if these spaces do open, we need to support them. And it's hard because we get older and we don't necessarily want to go out every night. But uh, there are different ways. And I think if venues adapted their programming and thought about daytime events or different types of non-drinking events they could do, uh, we'd have more luck in sustaining these long term. But yeah, it isn't. It's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I feel like the worst gay right now because there's a new uh, a new lesbian bar in the city in San Francisco that just opened um, called Jolene's. And I, I think it opened like a month ago, maybe two months ago. And I have not been yet because, you know, I literally don't leave my house anymore because my bedtime's at like 8 p.m. Who am I kidding? Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, granted, it's, it, you know, I get the, the tiny humans a, a decent excuse, but still I'm like, I feel like I want to do something like help support it because I, I know it is it's like especially in the beginning like those first you know first couple months um can be crucial for any space and especially in San Francisco I mean good lord like the the turnover on on places there is a little fast it can be fast yeah let's yeah. put it that yeah. way but also like their whole thing seems to be very like dance night 
based, you know? Maybe I'm just getting old and lame. It's it's not my thing anymore. I don't think that that's only you, though, <laughs> that's old and lame. But no, But you know what I'm saying? It's like, there is a reason that spaces that are only dedicated to partying and drinking don't attract a lesbian crowd that can sustain them. Of course, there are people who do that. Yeah. But I do think it is really important for us to reevaluate what kind of spaces we can make for ourselves. Agree. Mm -hmm. That people will actually come to. Agree. Yeah. And sometimes it's just as simple as thinking about like what you actually like to do um, yourself. So uh, that sounds really basic and really obvious, but like, you know, people want to learn how to make craft cocktails now and people want to go to brunch and people don't want to stay out. So folks are doing cool things like Alana from Let's Do Brunch in L.A. She does a day party and um, she does it on Saturday, which most people do day parties on Sunday. But it's like, I don't want to close out the weekend. And I like my Sundays right. and blah, blah, blah. So a Saturday day party is cool because people will come out and you don't have to stay out late and um, you can still maximize your weekend. So things like that, I think, are going to become more popular as well. Yeah, I feel like she also really utilizes the internet. (laughs) So like, and building, like you said, building a virtual community. So how do you think people can better do that? I think one is people should, like you said, create um, those spaces themselves for themselves and their friends. Like, for example, the reason we created the Weekend Soiree was totally selfish, right? Like we were just like, this should exist. And neither of us necessarily (laughs) wanted to build it or had the capacity to, but we were like, it has to be done. So let's be the people (laughs) that do it. So I think if more people did things like that or just organize or really use the tools they already have, like meetup.com, set up little outings um, to connect people. That's such a powerful tool and things like that where you could just say, hey, let's all go do whiskey tasting or coffee cupping, which is a thing I found out recently. Wait, what What is is coffee cupping? Coffee (laughs) cupping. It's like coffee tasting. Yeah, it's basically coffee tasting. It's the equivalent. But you're like, do (laughs) it in specific cups that uh, bring out the flavor more or something. I don't know. I was invited. I'm going soon. Um, But yeah, events like that. Report (laughs) back. Exactly. Will do. Uh, But yeah, I think if people just took a look at their own interests and said like, hey, I love doing yoga. Um, Lots of other gay people love doing yoga. Let's do gay yoga. Or like, hey, you know, I I like doing sip and paint events. Let's do a gay sip and paint. Things like that I think could really take off. and People are into it. Yeah. You know what? I actually just did a gay sip and paint night. (laughs) See? Exactly. the, The crazy thing about lesbians, though, I don't know how to exactly remedy this. This is just the case with my friend group. So I used to go out far more often than I do now because I feel like I went out like every week. I met a few people that I liked. We all just like combined and we're like, okay, we have 15 people that we like and these are our friends. Exactly. And now we're just going to host our own. I guess that's sort of what you're doing, but like we're going to host our own little parties. So it was, yeah, like 12 of us who were just in someone's apartment painting and drinking wine exactly but then we're all gay that can totally grow if like you know five or ten other groups do that same thing and then they decide to cooperate or collaborate on an event where everyone can come together even though they're different kind of subgroups there's power in numbers there yeah so what you're saying is lesbians are like exclusive petty bitches (laughs) (laughs) no no no. (laughs) i'm just saying that like hey um before it's too late people should really take a look at what's going on and there are some you know there are some politics behind it but on the surface as well eventually if we have no spaces left it's definitely going to be a problem and there's a reason that our community has you know really been so close-knit for so long is that we were able to when there was when there were different types of social or political pressures on our you know common groups we were able to like kind of go underground and preserve those spaces while we have a chance we should really still focus on doing what we can to create them so that we're not in a situation where there are none left and we have to go back underground. Well, and it's so true because, you know, you were saying a little earlier that it part, part of the reason, and it's actually, it's an interesting thing because I hadn't even necessarily thought of that as, as part of the reason that like queer spaces are kind of disappearing is that it is a lot safer, especially in cities and stuff for queer people to just go to spaces like any spaces yeah um we we can be with you know the straight people but at the same time it's so different it's so different there's something about a primarily queer space that just feels different you know like you just there's a i think it's true of um 
any kind of marginalized identity that as soon as you surround yourself with other people where you have that in common, you know, like you were saying, uh, spaces that are primarily like Latinx spaces and things like that, like anything where you just all of a sudden realize, oh, hey, we're no longer that minority identity. Yeah. Like it's, we're, we're here. We're all here. Here are my people. Like it's so different. It's such a different thing. Um, and it would be, you know, a shame to, to just kind of lose that. We shouldn't lose that. Agree. But we're at the point now where we have, we have the ability to kind of take it into our own hands. And so many people are doing it, not just, you know, the folks we've talked about so far, but I think people need to keep doing it. And we ourselves too need to take that initiative. Like if you have your group of 15 friends, even if it's just like, Hey, let's all go jet skiing. That's like a gay jet skiing outing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it'll yes. be cool to like build community that way on a small scale or on a large yeah. scale. Yeah. Yeah. Make everything Agreed. gay. Make all the spaces yeah, gay. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Exactly. Sold. I feel like so often, though, people who are not LGBTQ are like, why do you always have to do something gay? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I used to get that from my friends, too, but I'm like, I, every time you invite me to a different bar or restaurant, I'm not like, oh, why are we going to another straight place? They're like, oh, good point. True. I'm like, I can't believe I have to Yeah, like, you go to the straight right places 99% of the time. Yeah. 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 And they'll be like, we're just getting Indian. And I'll be like, straight Indian food, <laughs> yeah. you know? God, who wants this crap? I want my Indian food gay or I don't want it at all. Exactly. Yes. If you're in a relationship or even if you're not, like if you are trying to be romantic with anyone, sometimes I even feel uncomfortable holding my girlfriend's hand, like walking down the streets of Boston. And I'm like, how am I checking myself right now? Because I'm in a restaurant downtown that is a straight restaurant versus in a gay space. So true. You know, and it's like, I can't imagine what it feels like to live somewhere that and there are plenty of places in the United States where you feel uncomfortable being with your partner everywhere. That's not your house. Exactly. Or even if it's not with your partner, if it's by yourself. We had a lot of these conversations too when we were creating the weekend soiree and thinking about the person that we were building it for. We kept coming back to this term of the only. These people that like kind of travel out into the world and you, you land in different cities for different reasons. Sometimes you were born there and you stayed there. Sometimes you moved someplace for work. Find yourself being the only person. Um, so sometimes you don't even have that partner that you can rely on. So you might be the only queer person or the only gay person or the only trans person at your job or at your school or in whatever community you're talking about. That was one of the reasons we wanted to make it a traveling event so that we were like, hey, we want to build something for all the onlys. If they don't have community wherever they're at, they can go to something like this and really build community. And that's a big part of it. It's not just about like, hey, sitting in your desk, like all of it is interactive. And it's meant to build connections that are sustainable so that people can do these types of traveling things with each other every year and explore new cities so that they have the opportunity to check out what else is out there other than this small place that they might be without access to a bunch of gay culture. I love that so much. Yeah, I love that term <laughs> that so much. Just that as a term, like as a concept, mm -hmm. that's awesome. And I, like, I mean, I know there are so many people who are listening right now who are onlys. Yeah, absolutely. Like so many people reach out to us and are like, you're my only gay friends. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like crazy, but it's why number one, I love the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and, and number two, I just love virtual spaces that we can create right. these virtual safe spaces, virtual queer spaces where people might not have access otherwise. So I really just love that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. like you were saying before, you know, that you feel like there's something selfish about saying, hey, we wanted this retreat to exist. So we just we just made it, you know, like, bah. but, you know, I mean, a you're talking to two people who started a podcast because we just thought we were wanted that to. funny that we wanted to. Put <laughs> ourselves. But, I, but I think it's a similar thing, you know, as we just said, hey, I wish I had this to listen to. I, you know, I mean, I think all Ellie and I have ever tried to do is to just make the podcast that we both wanted to listen to, which I suppose is good because we both do listen to the episodes a lot uh, to, to edit them and stuff. So, so it's good that we enjoy it. But I mean, you know, it, it is, I think there's something about, uh, about that mentality of saying, hey, this is a space I would want to be in. This is a space I need. And, and just making that for people. Exactly. That's a real thing. And and realistically, it's not something that, you know, as nice as 
many straight people are, uh, it's not something that they're going to do for us. Yeah. So you kind of have to do it yourself, you know? Not that I don't love some straight people. <laughs> they're great. Yeah, now my best friend is straight, too. We always joke. So when people ask her, because she always, all of her friends are gay and she just is always at gay events for some reason. Well, not for some reason, because we're all gay. But people are like, so are you gay, too? She's like, yes. And I'm like, no, she's not. She's straight. Socially, yes, she's gay. But otherwise, she's straight. People are like, what? That's really <laughs> yeah. She's like a high holy day gay. Is that what she's that a Yeah, gay. exactly. Yeah. So people like her are great. Well, let's talk more about the weekend soiree specifically. So we've talked a little bit about queer spaces and what we like in them. What are some of the things that you wanted to put in the weekend soiree that make it unique and you feel like don't exist in other queer spaces? Yeah, so a few things. So the first is that we are so passionate about it being multicultural. I think so often you see groups tend to, and it's you know a natural thing, you tend to associate or relate to people that look like you or sound like you or talk like you or had a background similar to yours, but we specifically wanted to make it multicultural so it didn't focus on one specific subgroup. I think the other thing is it travels around. So the idea is it's going to hit a different city every year. It's a four-day event. It always will start on a Thursday, always will end on a Sunday. And uh, the first year we uh, set it off in Denver. So that was great. This year we're going to be doing it in New Orleans. And we're going to continue mm-hmm. this kind of history, this, this plan to move it throughout the country so that all these different onlys from all these other places, or even if they're not the onlys, can come and explore new cities together too, because there's something specific about the experience you get when you're exploring something new, uh, learning about a new culture with a group of people that's like really unique, really memorable. And it kind of facilitates that building community type thing. Um, Because no matter what you end up finding yourself, learning new things and experiencing new things with a group of people. So it's kind of unforgettable in that way. I cannot explain how excited I am awesome. to go to New Orleans. <laughs> I've never been to New Orleans, Me and I've neither. wanted to go for so long. I also love, we talked about this before, not on the podcast, a lot of conventions or weekend retreats and stuff like that tend to be in a convention space, and you're in a city, but you, I could not tell you anything about that city. Yeah. So how do you incorporate the community and the city that you decide to have the event in? So great question. In multiple different ways. So one way is in terms of the programming or the notable guests that we have. So this year we have over 40 different notable guests from around the country and from New Orleans presenting either workshops or participating in panels or doing cool things like craft cocktail making or we have a, like a cooking class that we'll put on. We like to infuse the event with different professionals from around the country, but also locals who really know that city and can speak to its culture and really give us a taste of what it's like to really be a resident there. So one way is through the notable guests. A second way is through doing events that are off-site. So we like to pick a boutique hotel that is small enough where we can really kind of adapt the atmosphere and kind of take over, to be honest, and have all of these spaces dedicated to us so that even if there are some other resident uh, or uh, hotel guests staying, it really is a weekend soiree event. And for all intents and purposes, that is our physical space. But we also do offsite events at some key cultural kind of institutions, whether that be one of the only surviving lesbian or queer clubs that exist in that city or other um, kind of physical destinations that are important to the gay culture in that locale for some reason or another. And then this year we'll be doing something extra fun because we did get feedback from our first one that people wanted even more time to check out um, the city is we're building in a self-guided scavenger hunt on the first day. So, Oh my God. Yeah. People are going to want to be there on Thursday because it's going to be fun. And although it's self-guided, people will be doing it in groups. Again, we want people to be able to like go to a mixer, find their group if they didn't come with one. And then hit the town and start checking it out. We'll be building the guide, but people will be able to do it themselves or with us. So uh, that's another way. Look, there is nothing a competitive nerd like me (laughs) likes more than a good scavenger hunt. I love it. I love scavenger hunts. I've done a few with my with my friend group. Like I put them together. Like I like we made booklets. It was intense. (laughs) I love it. We're gonna have prizes too. Boston. When we oh my god, they're gonna have prizes later. It was crazy. We're going <laughs> like to have a whole city. 
We're going to have prizes for the competitive nerds like yourself. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, because Ellie and I have definitely been checking out the schedule, and we're a little excited. Although, I have a really important question, which is, what is the Healing Village? Yes. So, another thing that we like to do is to create physical space within the hotel that is in the past we just did it in terms of vending so we invited a lot of local queer artists or vendors to bring their products so that they could share them with the group and if people wanted to purchase them they could it was a good way for people to be feel good about where their dollar is going and support local queer businesses this year specifically we are making sure that a portion of that physical space that we carve out is dedicated to healing and wellness so whether that be massage therapy going on or meditation or mindfulness trainings things like that all that will take place in the healing village so when we think about all the different types of events that are going to go on throughout the weekend there are really three tracks that we call them so there's like the healing and wellness track and then there's a creative juices kind of track where we'll do Gay Sip and Paint with the Muses, um, really great artistic couple. They were with us for our first event in Denver. They're joining us again this year. Awesome. And then um, the Mind Over Matter, which is the, um, you know, the workshops and uh, the more cerebral type nerdy nice. stuff. Nice, nice. Are we part of the nerdy stuff? Definitely. <laughs> I feel like I don't belong anywhere else is, is the real I was like, I figure there. that's probably where we're at. Right. <laughs> you mentioned the muses. Who else were some of the, your your favorite guests from the first year from last year? Oh, we or had... some of the people you're looking forward to this year, either one. Yeah, so I'll need to be a little bit um, more hush about the notable guests. We're in the process of signing all okay. of our agreements and finalizing them. We'll do last year. Do we, last yeah, year. last year we had Carter the Body hosting those um, workshops, those Build Your Booty work camps. We had the Muses do the Sip and Paint event. It actually was so popular on the first day that, like, on the spot, we decided to negotiate a second one for the Saturday because so many people were like, oh, no, because there were only so many slots that they could do Yeah. because we had to prepare, like, the easels and the canvases and all the paints and everything. So there were so many people that showed up from Denver or uh, folks that like maybe flew in Friday night that didn't get to participate on Friday during the day that we ended up hosting a second one. So people like on the last day were like, you have to have them again. So we like negotiated with them right there on the spot. Like you have to come back to the second one. So they were like, so that was <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, Kia Comedy, who's a comedian based out of Atlanta. She also does the Andro Fashion Show, which is awesome. Uh, they work with a lot of great brands um, that support queer folks. Yeah, she's hilarious. So that was really funny. Liliana Cervantes, who is also a comedian based out of L.A. Uh, she brought the house down. Super funny. But those are Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Just a few. Nice. What are some of the things that you feel like, obviously, like last year was a success, but of course you learn as you go. So what are some things that you're doing differently this second year that you're excited about? Yeah. So another great one. This is also a difficult one. This touches on one of the questions you asked me earlier about how we incorporate the city into uh, the weekend. It's actually interesting feedback. We were nerds about it. So we decided to survey everybody on the last day to be like, what'd you like? What'd you not like? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so everyone that we gave the survey to really answered. We ever had a really great response rate, but people were split down the middle. And that's always so hard when you do a survey because you're like, ah, mm. oh, I was hoping for some insights from this. But so People were split down the middle on a few key questions. One was like about the length of the workshops and having more workshops or less. Everyone was like, or 50% of the people were like, 
we want more workshops, more workshops, more workshops. And the other 50 were like, love the workshops, but we wanted a little bit more time to explore the city. That's why we decided to do it the way we did, where we were like, let's build in some more time, but let's do it in a structured way so that people don't feel like they're just left to their own devices and they've traveled down all this way and they don't have you know, a guide to check out this new city. So those are two of the things. So we, we will have more workshops um, and we're dividing them into those three tracks that I mentioned specifically for that reason so that people can kind of choose, like pick and choose what types of things they want to do. And um, there'll be more New Orleans things infused. So one of the things I'm most excited about is the bounce class that we're going to do. That's going to be wild. I'm not going to say like who we're working with deleted or anything, but that's going to be pretty rad. And then, um, you know, it's New Orleans, so you have to – I mean, there's so much to work with when you're talking about a city yeah. with so much history and culture. The welcome party is going to be wild. We're going to have a creepy carnival night uh, with even more performers than we had at our la- – we had a burlesque show last year on the Friday night of the weekend soiree. We'll do a similar thing, but the show is going to be like well produced and it's going to be bigger and better. So that's going to be really cool. And uh, the comedy show was stacked. So last year, I think I think we're doubling the number of comics that we had when we look at last year to this year. It's going to be wild. Did we mention that it kicks off literally on Halloween? There is there is no possibility I could be more excited. Uh, All of this. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be so good. When we're even planning the party, we're just like can't deal it's it's wild yeah i don't even know if i'll be able to make it through the whole party you know but yeah. it's gonna be amazing yeah you know we've talked about the importance of internet spaces how valuable that is but there's just man there is something about looking forward to like a whole weekend shebang with a bunch of queer women that i just cannot wait no cannot yes. wait. and non-binary folks yes yes exactly just all the queer people, I want them all, all the time. And everyone was so cool. You know how some events can be like so tight or kind of standoffish or cliquish? That was not the vibe. And I think from the top to the bottom, people helped to set that tone. So all of the notable guests that held sessions or um, performed in some way or led something, they were totally into the weekend soiree as well. Like they attended all the workshops and they went to all the different events. And so they were weekenders as well. They were just as interested yeah. in the event. So that was really cool. Like, you know, these cool queer icons that we all look up to just mixing and mingling with everyone. So there were just like no airs throughout the entire weekend. And everyone was so cool. Yeah. And the vibe was so great. It was cool. Well, and I feel like that's what you're going to get when you have a, a, a space like that, but B, one that is intentionally highlighting queer people as well, you know? Because I think the other thing is realistically that it is the case that there's a lot of queer events that still sort of center around straight people, you know? I mean, whether it's pride, things like that, like, it's something that you hear a lot, you know, where people are like, oh, you're having a pride event, and you're going to charge all the queer people money to come see, like, your big straight headlining act, Yeah, you know, because they're popular. And I get it. I mean, I I understand, but I think it is going to create a different interaction when the people that are there, you know, to, to lead workshops or to lead, you know, mindfulness spaces or to do whatever when they're also part of that community. I mean, that's totally different. Of course it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm so excited to also be a weekender. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited. We were so happy that you guys were like, yeah, it was like immediate. We were so pumped about that because we were like kind of geeking out on your show too. We we were fans. So it's cool that everyone's going to be excited. We are so excited. It's going to yeah. be a party. The one thing that we're not going to get to do this year, uh, not to do a, do a downer, but it kind <laughs> of touches on what we talked about earlier about the musical element and it being similar to like a South by Southwest or a Bonnaroo or something. We really wanted to have our music element or festival type event. And I don't think we'll be able to do it this year. It's definitely going to be in the third year, though. So it's something to look forward to. If we can make it happen this year, but we're like at this point, the schedule is too packed. Have you met Ellie? Just hand the girl a you know, mic. I'm like, I know. Just this. give me. Yeah, just give me a mic. <laughs> or more accurately, give Ellie like a drink and give her uh, anywhere near a mic, machine? and you might not be able to stop her. I think. <laughs> I love True. it. Well, I'm going to rope probably. you guys both into because we can't do it. I think we're going to have an open mic section this year, <gasps> and if we do, oh I'm going to force you both. Stop it. To, to kick stop us off. it. Yes. Push us. You don't need Try to, to force me. <laughs> She's like, I'll force you. I'm like, I have my guitar. Uh, I'll give. I'll bring. Oh, I want Lee to have a cajon. You know what? The, those little like 
drums you sit on? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, I'll learn to play one just for you, just for the weekend, okay? That's Amazing. Hilarious. I'm so ready. I feel like if you had a music festival component, you would just need to have a music festival yeah. and yeah. then like a separate weekend. Exactly. You know, yeah. like it's that because that is a lot. Yeah. So the hope is, you know, maybe someday if we get big enough, we can do yeah. offshoot yeah. events. That's really yeah. awesome. I love that so much. Oh, that would be my two favorite things yeah, right? together. Can you imagine? <laughs> or like a film. Uh, we may be able to incorporate a film element this year, but like a film element or some sort of a festival would be out. Uh, would be awesome as well although i think there are already groups that do that really well so yeah be interesting to see how we incorporate something like that that's awesome lee yes it's a time oh it just might be time are you ready mary i'm ready for our favorite our favorite segment yes q and gay q q q and and, and, gay do some q and gay so you've listened to the podcast they're easy multiple choice yes or no questions and we will put them up on our twitter so that our listeners can chime in as well so some of these obviously we will have already covered but that's okay you can answer again for the record officially let's take it away question one have you ever been to a lesbian bar no just kidding (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) but you said it's so convincing i know that was good right (laughs) someone listening is gonna be like what wait what (laughs) All right, number two, what is your favorite type of queer space? A, bar, B, cafe, C, bookstore, and D, which I feel like needs some explanation, it's queerioke. How does that need explanation? What is not self-explanatory I mean, about that? That's pretty Well, awesome. because it's an event in Boston. <laughs> I don't know if they have queerioke other places. Oh, they do? All right, well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, also, even if they didn't, how does the name I, not give it <laughs> You're right. I mean, right. Quiriogi is pretty awesome, but I, I would have to go with cafe. Yeah, more of the daytime space, a little bit more uh, all-purpose. Yeah, and I'm a foodie, too, so I'll be like, or I'm an eater, I should say, not a foodie. <laughs> yeah, where's our, like, gay restaurants, What's the difference right? between eater and foodie? I feel like foodies are, are really well-versed in the types of food they're eating, and food, eaters are just eating it. They're not necessarily... <laughs> Like, I'm willing to consume the information. I likely won't retain it because I'll be like, oh, so good. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. That's 100% me as well. I just, I enjoy food. That's about it. Number three, have you ever been to a queer retreat? Yes. I'm so excited to say yes soon. Yes. All right. Number four, do you prefer brick and mortar queer spaces or online queer spaces? Probably brick and mortar. Or a combination of the two. Combination. Mm-hmm. If that was a C, I would go C. Okay, I'll add nice. it. I'll add it as option C. Brick and mortar queer spaces with a really good online presence. Yes. C. <laughs> like brick and mortar spaces that know how to work a meme. Yes. That's yeah. me. Right there. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. Question five. Last question. What are you most looking forward to at this year's weekend soiree? Out of the following, A, the workshops... B, Shop and Sip, C, The Healing Village, or D, Halloween in the Big Easy? I mean, although I've matured a bit and I don't party as much as I did in my younger days, I'm going to have to go with the Halloween party, Halloween in the Big Easy. It's going to go oh. down. It's going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> it's going to be so great. <laughs> I'm going to bust I'm out also my party really excited for that. just for this. Also, Halloween's my favorite holiday. I feel like it's gay Christmas. Right? It's the, it's amazing. Yeah. It's I mean, you have to love Halloween. Is there a yeah. costume? We didn't even talk about this. Is there a costume component? Are we supposed to be dressing up? So we even got that covered. Ugh. Oh, my God. So Stop. my heart. Be still my heart. Ugh, we. But if you have a costume already in advance that you love, bring it and rock it. It's, it's going to be totally totally well well received people are i think are going to dress up for this one but you don't have to fret if you don't have a costume and you kind of realize last minute like oh man i came all the way to new orleans number one new orleans is a great city to buy costumes obviously but two we're going to have a solution built in for people that maybe want to do a last minute kind of uh, they, I can't give too much away, but we'll have a okay, solution I'm for excited. people. Yeah, you know it's funny because really, here's the problem that I run into every year at Halloween. So, a, my wife is not like a huge 
person for costumes. It's, like, not her favorite. Also, she hates masks. So Halloween is, like, meh, like, hit or miss with her. And so every time that I want to dress up, all of the costumes that I think, because I'm so nerdy and gay, so all of the costumes that I would think of are, like, so niche. They're, like, so specific fandoms or specific shows. And I'm like, no one's going to get this <laughs> costume. Ever. Like, I'm going to dress up as this, like, one character in this, like, web series that you know, no one's ever seen, um, except for, like, ev- every gay person on Twitter. Uh, so I feel like this is really my Halloween this is your to moment. shine. Like, this is my chance. I have to just, like, pick one. I think pe- really yeah, there's is. a good chance that at least at one least one. You are. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh, my God. Or Ellie, you and I can finally cosplay Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah, we probably should do a couple's costume. Let's be real. Amazing. <laughs> I also think because it's Halloween weekend that people might dress up for more than just Thursday night, but that's just an inkling that I have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unreal. Remember that you can also give us your own questions to this episode's Q&A on our Twitter at Pod. Answers. Give us your answers. I'm so excited. So where can our audience find the weekend soiree? So we are on Instagram at... The Weekend Soiree, which is T-H-E-W-E-E-K-E-N-D-S-O-I-R-E-E. Our website is the same, theweekendsoiree.com. We have a Twitter, but we don't really use it as much. And then our Facebook is The Weekend Soiree Women Nick. So T-H-E-W-E-E-K-E-N-D-S-O-I-R-E-E-W-O-M-X-N. Nice. Nice. Honestly, necessary to <laughs> make sure you spell it out. I know. Like, so re- well, rewind we- the 15 seconds again if you need to hear that one more time. It's okay. Yeah, right? yeah, no, you guys might be able to cut it out. So when we've been doing it the past couple of times, Coke and Imani do it that way. So I copied No, them. it's I'm usually not the person idea. that does it. It is a good idea because soiree, I feel like, is a hard word to spell if you don't, if it's not a word that's like in your vocabulary. Yeah. So. So we, we started okay. going by TWS more, but then we were like, when we just did a new logo and we were like, hey, we should also include the spelling so it becomes more ingrained. Um, so now yeah. our logo includes the letters and the spelling, but they're both nice. versions so people can decide which they want to call it. Amazing. If you're like not a nerd who grew up in France, spell it out. That's fine. <laughs> I actually, so funny story, I, I hated the idea of the soiree being an entire weekend because I was a French major. And it really, like, in the beginning, I was like, I, I love the ring of it, but it really bothers me at the core that because the soiree is not an entire weekend. But I did this joke. But you call it the weekend soiree. I think it, it prefaces yeah. it. It's After fine. you go to, to one, though, you'll realize that a soiree can be a whole weekend. <laughs> Amazing. So just to be clear also for our listeners, what are the dates of the weekend soiree? So uh, it's from October 31st, which is a Thursday. That's Halloween night up until that Sunday, November 3rd. And it's in New Orleans. We have said that many times. So there are still tickets available, correct? But yeah, tickets are available on our website. Or on Eventbrite. Great. Amazing. Great. So if you were just looking for like more opportunities to come hang with me and Ellie, this is one of them. Uh, also, we are going to have some of the Weekend Soiree crew taking over our Instagram this week for uh, a little story takeover. So if you have more questions about the Weekend Soiree or about queer spaces, send us those questions. Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, them. Mary. This has been amazing. <laughs> No, thank you we guys. So I cannot excited. wait to hang with you in New Orleans. Let me hear you say hip, 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 We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And my favorite thing has got to be the Barbell premiere that I went to last weekend. I finally got to meet Karen and Gwen in person, grab brunch with them. They are so lovely, even in person, even when... Every person is there for them. They made time for every person who came to the premiere, and I just think that's really amazing. But some of my favorite people had to be all of the people that I got to hang out with, some listeners, some new friends, and I want to shout out everyone, and I'm going to try to remember everyone's names because there were a lot of people there. One of them even came all the way from England, which is crazy. But I want to give a shout out to N, Tanisha, Liz, Melissa, Champ, Rachel, Beth, and of course, Kayla Kelly, who is one of my 
favorite lesbian Jesus patrons. She was so kind and so fun to hang out with. I got to the airport far earlier than I could check into my Airbnb, and she let me come and crash at her beautiful hotel. I got to sleep for a few extra hours so I could survive the day, and she was just so much fun to hang out with. So I'm so happy that I finally got to meet her in person, and I hope there are many more hangouts just like that. And while we're talking about Lesbian Jesus patrons, we have to shout out our top tier Lesbian Jesus patrons, Amy and Ellen, Kayla Kelly, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, Sarah and Julia, Nicole Gross, and Mark Foster. We have so many of you and it is really incredible. And you are really what helps make us do all these amazing things with the podcast, like Clexicon that we're going to next week, completely funded by you. So thank you so much. You, we, we cannot tell you how much it means. We cannot tell you how much it means that you support us. So thank you so much. We could not do it without you. And remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts so that you get new episodes as soon as they drop. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. We just released a new Renegade covers video, which we are really excited about for Shallow from A Star Is Born with one of my good friends, Denise. She's the one with the crazy hair and she's the best. And they crushed it, crushed it. That also does lead us to... If you want to get that download of the Renegade Covers song, you can become a patron at bit.ly slash lespatreon. At the Lucy Diamond level, you get free downloads of all of our Renegade Covers, MP3s. Because she's a Renegade. Get it? Get it. Get it. <laughs> See what we did there? <laughs> Amazing. There's also other ways that you can help support the podcast. The first one that that's so easy, anyone could do it everyone should do it, uh, is rate and review us on iTunes. It makes such a big difference for helping new people find the podcast and helping us get new listeners. Yes. And we also have merch, which we will be having at Clexicon. We are so excited. We finally have our first run of actual physical merch, which is huge. Um, So if you're going to be at Clexicon, come to our booth, buy a Les Hangout t-shirt, buy, we're going to have some female gaze shirts that was actually originated by our favorite barbell ladies on their first episode, bringing it all around. And if you're not going to be at Clexicon, you can get it at bit.ly slash lesshop. Yes. So we are going to have very limited availability of stuff. You'll want to get there, get your hands on some swag uh, before we run out. So don't miss out. We're excited. And finally, if you want to help support the Trevor Project, you can donate uh, at this link, bit.ly slash lestrevor. And if you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. And with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And And let's let's hang hang out out again again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.